think you just want to make sure you keep doing things that uh, that stick to your morals and, and that you know are right, but also make you happy. So, uh, yeah, if you can do things things that way and and staying fit, staying healthy, staying active, those are those are all uh, not just coming from me, but all the science proves it, and, and everyone's in agreement that that you'll live a happier and longer life that way. Stability, the podcast, hosted by Hassan Ashraf. Tyler Ardron, um, I don't know, not necessarily the current Canadian captain, uh, but the captain at the last uh, 2019 World Cup, captain Canada at the 2015 World Cup for rugby. Uh, I've played with the Ospreys in Wales, uh, been with the Chiefs and Bay of Plenty in New Zealand, uh, now currently with Cast Olympique in France, and uh, I've represented the Barbarians as well. So that's a bit of my uh, my rugby history and, and that side of things. Holy, you've just been all over the place at the moment. Yeah, no, it's been a it's been a bit of a whirlwind for the past ten years or so, but uh, no, a bit bit more settled right now. So, so how did you get into the sport of rugby? Yeah, actually, uh, a coach named Dave Donald uh, back at Lakefield High School. The school doesn't even uh, run anymore because there wasn't enough kids. But he convinced me that I should give it a go and uh, and come out and play. And basically, from then on, he uh, just kept encouraging me for the the first couple of years, and he even drove me to some uh, provincial tryouts and things like that. But uh, from then on, I, I just I just loved it. Um, yeah, when I decided to go to university, I decided to to put the other sports. I was playing volleyball and hockey and uh, basketball uh, on the side, and and just play rugby and focus on my studies. And uh, just it just every year, it just kept going and going. So, what college did you play rugby at? Uh, I went to McMaster University. What did you study? Uh, I studied economics and finance. Sick. That's awesome. That kind of reminds me of our story. Like, I'm from a small town, also Rivers. I never played rugby per se, but I had a friend that uh, she played rugby, and now she's at college playing rugby at UBC. Maybe she'll take kind of the same path. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an amazing sport. It, it opens up, uh, I think, as, as many sports do, so many different pathways. And uh, I mean, obviously, I'm doing it for a living, but but even if I wasn't, I mean, it, I met so many people that I could have uh, gone and worked for, worked with, um, traveled to different places and done so many different things. So, yeah, you can uh, you can definitely open a lot of doors. So during your time in high school, you were a multi multi athlete, right? How long would you spend uh, training? Like, how long would you tra- spend training just for rugby or any other sport? Yeah, I mean, in high school, I did start to train uh, a little bit in the gym, but uh, so I, I mean, I would just go in. My dad used to have to go to work. I think uh, I'm trying to get the timings right. I think I think school started at nine, so I think. He would drive past the school on his way to work around 7.30, and he would just drop me off at 7.30 every morning. Um, and I'd just go in. I'd train. I'd chat with our um, some of the PE coaches and people that were there. And I'm uh, not taking it overly seriously, but just kind of getting my basis for it. But uh, that was that was kind of like more of the side thing, I think. I mean, it did help. And um, like adding muscle and stuff like that as you're young definitely helps in injury prevention and stuff. But uh Mainly, I was just playing sports all the time. Like every lunch hour, I was playing basketball or volleyball. Yeah. Or uh, if the if it wasn't snowing, then I was outside playing something. And uh, after school, I would play whatever school sport was on, and then I'd play hockey after that. So uh, the the training and stuff really just came through playing different sports. So when you 
So when you, what made you decide rugby over all the other sports? Uh, it was, it was the best, the best sport for me to play when I was at university. It, it offered uh, a group and a, um, a tight knit group of guys, a really big support network for my studies as well as my social life. Um, and I mean, I was playing, I was uh, doing well at it. So obviously like when you're doing well at something, it kind of makes you like it even more. Well, well when did you first realize that, you know, you're actually decent at rugby like this, this is good. Like I'm actually good. <laughs> I probably kept having different realizations throughout uh, my younger years because at the beginning I realized that, okay, like I'm doing pretty well and I'm quite good at, as a high school rugby player. Uh, and then I made the provincial team when I was like, oh crap, like I probably don't belong here. So let's see where this goes. And then I realized that I started to provincial level, maybe uh, around like 15, 16. And, um, I got asked to play for the Canadian under 20 team and uh, I ended up uh, same thing. Like I didn't know if I'd make the team and then do I fit in? I played two years. So the first year I was a younger player, um, but I ended up starting all the games and uh, realized, okay, I do fit in quite well. And then I ended up captaining them the next year. Um, so that made me realize, okay, I'm quite good at my age and I'm quite good in Canada. Uh, and then it just kept progressing that I made the the sevens team and, and started playing sevens against uh, different people in the world. And I never felt that I really excelled at sevens, but I was good enough to be there. Uh, and then I started playing proper rugby, the fifteens, and uh, yeah, I started getting some some recognition. And then all of a sudden, I realized I was once again at at any age I was quite good for a Canadian player. Um, and but I wasn't sure on a world stage. And then I ended up doing well in some of those games. But then I still wasn't playing professional rugby. So then when I moved to that, that that took another step. Was I I wasn't sure if I was ready for that or not. Um, but I suppose, yeah, just each time I've come into it being a little apprehensive and, and wondering, knowing that I earned a spot to be there, but not sure where on that totem pole I would fit until it really some time went by. So you said like you started on, you played sevens, but did you play 15 years whole, whole life? For people listening, could you explain what the difference between 15 and sevens is for rugby? Yeah, so sevens is just seven people on each side of the field. They play a full field. The games are uh, two and it has um so it's it's kind of it's it's an amateur sport it's at the olympics so um i think that kind of leads I, I, all olympic sports are meant to be amateur um so yeah it, it's it's got uh it's got a, an exciting fan base and uh it, it travels in a world circuit you play in 10 or so different countries around the world a year and uh it's like a big party weekend sort of thing that everyone goes to like bc has a sevens at um bc place in vancouver now uh, so that's an example of that uh, but it's not it's not really uh, a full time and um, you're not going to be saving for your retirement or any by any means. You're just going to be playing for the enjoyment of the sport. Um, whereas 15s is that that's rugby. So 15s is the, the Rugby World Cup, the third biggest sporting event in the world. Um, it's got professional leagues all over Europe, um, uh, through the UK and France, in South Africa, Argentina, New Zealand, Japan, um, Australia. Uh, that that's the main that's that's rugby and that's the I think uh, the third or fourth maybe second biggest sport in the world. Anyways, rugby is huge. I when I when we first heard when I first heard about rugby itself, I was in grade eight, grade eight or nine. Like I had never heard of rugby in my life before then. And I grew up in a small town in Canada. Like you would kind of think we're rough out there, so you might hear something about it. But now nah, when I first heard about it, it was just like 
a big throw up in the air. Our PE teacher was like, hey, any of you guys want to play rugby? And they're like, Hassan, you'd be good at it. You're a big guy. Maybe you can throw some bodies down. So that's the first time I heard about rugby, and it was a really cool sport to learn about. Yeah, that's about the same for me. Like, I just learned about it, and uh, I think I heard about it in grade eight, and then grade nine there was a team, so then I, I learned about it a bit more then. But, you know, I think it's, it's really growing. I mean, uh, I, I like I like American football or Canadian football, but when you need all the equipment, and uh, it definitely becomes more dangerous with equipment. Uh, I think a lot of schools and organizations are kind of going away to the to the rugby side of things. So it, I think it is a growing sport. So when you debuted for uh, Team Canada, what was that feeling like? Yeah, that was a little surreal. It's um, it's been a while now, but uh, I remember I was in I was in Kingston and we played against the USA, and and I came off the bench and yeah, I was I was just really proud. I had a lot of friends and family that came to that game because being so close to my hometown and. Uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. It was good fun, but you didn't you don't have a lot of time to um, to celebrate the moments like that. You get you get after that game, you have a, a meal with, with your family, and you have a few drinks with the boys, and then uh, you're pretty much on. We we were straight up to Toronto to prepare for a game against Italy next. So yeah, we didn't have a lot of time. So you, you got to enjoy it a little bit, but it wasn't just like it's a moment. It's a moment that's special to you. Yeah, definitely, and and it always will be. I'll never forget that that first cap and. I mean, there's a lot of games I've played since then, and, and I couldn't remember all of them, but uh, that's definitely one of the rugby moments I won't forget. So what is it like captaining a team? So you said you captained a team in a provincial level, a high school level, and then at a national level. What kind of differences did you see between that? Um, I mean, the support network you have, the higher the level goes, the the more leaders emerge and come through. and. A captain of any team really, really relies on the leadership group and um, everything around him, the support network you have to, to not like not necessarily. Well, I suppose you're leading a team, but but with a group of people, not not individually. So, um, the quality and the the amount of people and support you have as as you progress through the the ranks just becomes more and more people, more support, and better people to to help you with those sorts of things. So. Um, I don't think it changes the the person or the style. I wouldn't captain a, a high school team any differently to how I would captain a professional or a national team now if I was to go back. What kind of difficulties do you see captaining? Captaining, you know, when you're being a leader of a team, national team, do you find any difficulties during the way? Well, there's no doubt. You're never uh, you're never going to make everybody happy, and you have to really lead by example and prove that that you're there and and um, you're there to do the best thing for the team and for the group uh, and the people that are going to disagree with the decisions you're making at times, they have to know that that you're there for their best interest, even if they don't agree with you. And, uh, and that takes a lot because a lot of people want to please everyone. And uh, it's, it's a nice way to, to make yourself feel better because you're getting the, the good feedback and, and they're giving it, but uh, yeah, you have to make a lot of hard calls and, and you have to be there for the long-term success and the, the greater of, of the group then you can't be looking out for yourself or your your close buddies you know you know how every team has a rivalry between someone else wanting to be captain and someone else that becomes captain was there that kind of aspect of it on the rugby team or no there's definitely i've never had any of that at the higher levels uh, i don't i don't think there is any of that like being captain is it's not necessarily something that that anybody really strives for it's something that that emerges it's a person or, or a group that emerges through the the difficulties and the 
the work you put in as a, as a team and as a group of people uh, and somebody normally emerges and then it's quite obvious. So, um, yeah, I think that maybe some people would question it at times, but I don't think that people questioning who should be captain are the ones wanting to be. I think that, uh, that yeah, the, the, the normally a person comes through and, and you're quite well aware who it's going to be. When did you start? When, when was the first time you played club, like professionally? Professional? Uh, 2013, I believe, with the Ospreys in Wales. In Wales, how's that? How's that feeling? How how did you tra- how did you transfer your skills or your mindset from going from a Canadian uh, player to a, becoming a player in Europe? How was yeah, that transition like? It was definitely a, a big transition because I was a a broke college uh, university student trying to to pay rent and food and get myself through. And I mean, you're I, I was doing the best that I was able I feel at that time but you're also going out with your buddies on the weekend and uh, you're you're just living a a university life and then when you're in the full-time rugby setup you're living a rugby life and you're switching back and forth and then all of a sudden uh, I became a full-time athlete and a full-time rugby player so it took some adjusting you have to change your lifestyle and and things are different and things will always be different as long as I'm I'm playing rugby for a living uh, but th- there's just those lifestyle shifts that were really the the biggest thing I had to make. The rugby is rugby. I mean, you pass the ball backwards and you run forwards. And although there's many intricacies that you learn over the years, uh, th- those are going to come slowly. You can't crash course learn those anyways. So, um, yeah, I was just learning how to be a professional athlete more than it was learning anything about rugby specifically. So what what is it like being a professional athlete? What is that feeling? What is that? What is that like? Are you continuously driving to be better, or what is that like? Yeah, I mean, I think that every is the people that aren't just wouldn't have got here, and now we're at a level where the getting better are such small margins and, and small percentages that uh, you really have to make sure you're nailing off all the things. You have to nail your sleep. You have to make sure your recovery is good. You have to make sure your nutrition's good. Um, you have to sacrifice things like I'm not able to go home and see the family as much as I would like to if I wasn't playing rugby. Uh, I can't go out drinking on the weekends with my friends anymore because I have games on the weekends. And there's a lot of things I wouldn't consider them sacrifices because they sacrifice the lifestyle and the, the things I get to do by living their lifestyle and vice versa. Um, but it's different. It always will be different. And um, I mean, there's a lot of things, just small things, and I really like psychology side of things and I have to deal with my family and and my friends outside of rugby differently than the you do with your colleagues at work and your coaches and your trainers because you're in a high performing environment where you're in that top percent of the of the world in that certain space you're in and you can be quite hard on each other and criticism is people are seeking it so they can improve whereas that's not the case in the rest of the world someone comes to you with a problem my girlfriend comes with a problem. She wants me to sit there and listen. She doesn't want me to sit there and tell her all the ways I think I could fix it or we could fix it together. Uh, and then, so it's it's two different lifestyles. But um, yeah, it's 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 amazing, and and I wouldn't change it for anything. So when did you realize that rugby could actually be pay you to play? Like that's this could actually be your full time job. Like you know, you did a master, you had your degree. Like you could have chosen to do a mainstream job and just go work in the workforce, or I guess rugby was another option. Where, where did you know that rugby could actually pay the bills? Yeah, well, I didn't like. I, it, I kind of kept going. There was a time where I was really against playing professional rugby because I think I've led a different path to most Canadians, and most Canadians were coming over into the second. Um, 
second tier league in, in England and it was called the championship. And they were earning that like 50 to $80,000 a year. And I was like, okay, well that's exciting. But then you're also putting off the fact that you could be progressing in your career. And I don't want to be 35 and have to start from scratch financially and um, through my career. So I, I got a contract offer from a top team, the Ospreys and, and that was, I was like, okay, if I continue school and then I wanted to maybe go on to do law and become a lawyer. And I was like, well, realistically, the first year of this contract is what I'm hoping to make if I can get everything in the perfect place and, and get where I want. So I thought, okay, like it would be very good to go over. I'll do, they signed me for two years. So I'll sign these two years and that'll give me like a nice buffer and that I can pay for all my schooling. I can come back, I can get out debt free and then I can start working. Uh, but not, we didn't really have enough trailblazers in Canada at that time saying, Hey, you can actually make enough money that you might never have to work again when you finish rugby. Um, so it was, I, I came over and then after my first year, they said, would you like to stay longer? And I said, well, I'm thinking about it. And they said, well, here's a new three-year contract We'll get rid of your, your second year. So you now your second year will be the first year of your new three year. And, I, and the money was just so much different. And I said, well, this is actually going to help me in my future. Uh, way more than than just going back because I was able to finish my studies online anyways. Uh, and so I just kind of kept progressing and, and more and more. And um, I've gone up and down in that sort of thing. And, and money isn't everything to me. And I, uh, I finished my degree while I was playing in Wales and realized I wanted to make a change. And I actually moved to New Zealand to make a considerably, probably less than half of what I was making on my final year in Wales to go and play in the best rugby league in the world as a, the first time a Canadian's ever done it and, and experience something new. Um, but then obviously that set me up quite well for my move back to France where I get to be back in the highest paid league in the world. And, and I've taken my rugby to a new level where, where that's being appreciated here. So um, yeah, they're like, it's a, a bit of a crazy story, the whole, the way things go, but uh, it's been a journey throughout and I uh, never thought that I'd be playing this many years into it. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I don't have any plans of stopping anytime soon. How is it like playing in New Zealand compared to England? Is it that, like, you know, you hear and you watch and it's like all blacks, all blacks. Like they're always the, either they're the most leading like ath, uh, rugby athletes in the world. They have the best players in the world. And so like, how's that compared to playing in England? Yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing experience. Uh, you realize those players could be making considerably more if they all came over to Europe or went to Japan. Uh, but they're there for that pride of the all black jersey and, and that, that keeps so many people in that country for so long trying to get to that level. Um, and they, they, they approach completely differently. I think they really look at your home life. They look at your, your education, how you're setting yourself up for the future, all the things that can cause anxiety and stress in your day-to-day -day life. Uh, they really want to make sure that's taken care of. And then second, they want to, they want to be the best rugby players and the best rugby teams. Uh, so when you have nothing to worry about outside in your life and you're always going to have small worries, but really for the majority of things, it's, it's taken care of. And there's somebody there to help you and guide you in, in so many different aspects of life that when you get to rugby, you're fully focused on it. Uh, and the group of guys are all, are all so tight. They really, really, uh, for example, we had a team psychologist in Wales who worked with us a little bit, mainly one-on-one. -on -one. We don't have a team psychologist whatsoever here in France. Not, none from my understanding, there really isn't. Uh, but in New Zealand, that was a huge side of it. And, and they made sure the leadership group was strong and, and the players were driving everything. So the coaches were there to facilitate uh, and really help us. 
but the players were the ones that let the players and the training and, and on the field on the weekend, the players are the ones that are fully accountable running the game. Whereas the European system is, is a bit different and the coaches are much more, uh, much, much more autocratic and they really like to dictate, this is how I want things. And, and when you have a question, you quite often have to go to a coach. So during a game that becomes problematic because the coach is sitting up in the stands watching the game and you can't go to him during the game. Uh, whereas in New Zealand, if I had a question about the way we were attacking and needed needed some clarity on something, I would go to one of the attack leaders and, and he would give me that feedback and I could get that at any time during the game or I could get that when I'm out with a coffee with them or having a beer after the game, I could chat to him. And uh, you, you just had a lot different uh, culture around the team. So it's very player-oriented. Yeah, very player-driven, very player-oriented for sure. That's pretty cool. So... If you can think back, I know it's a while, but what's the best game you've ever played in your life? Like, what's the what's the game that comes to your mind that you were like, this was fun. This is why I play rugby. Oh, it's hard to say, but uh, there it would have been uh, that second season in New Zealand playing with the Chiefs when we were really on a... Uh, we started the season off terribly, and it was going to be the first time we didn't make the playoffs, and uh, it was like more than a decade and then we really started to get things to click in the second half of the year. And I was there with a lot of my best mates that I'd made after that first year and a half. And really we got a lot tighter and we just started winning and winning and winning. And uh, I can't say which game in particular would have been the best. Um, but really just, just seeing that cohesion come together and, and put itself out onto the field. Uh, that couple months there was, was the best I was feeling about my rugby. So do you watch rugby on your free time? Or what kind of sports do you watch on your free time? Because you're always continuously watching and playing rugby. Yeah, I don't. I don't watch much rugby for enjoyment. Uh, I watch. I'll get into a bit of Formula One and uh, some uh, some American football with some mates. Just play some fantasy to stay in touch with uh, my friends in Australia and New Zealand and, and Canada. Uh, but really, I would I wouldn't consider myself that much of a sports fan to be honest in terms of watching. With the COVID and all the stuff happening around you, uh, how have you maintained your lifestyle? And what kind of new things have you done now that you weren't doing before? I haven't really maintained my lifestyle. I can't uh, <laughs> I can't go out. I can't hunt and fish like I used to. And I can't, uh, I mean, uh, I love to ride my motorcycle. I'm pretty much locked that thing up lately. We're in lockdown here in France. Um, yeah. So I like, I really like to read. Um I like, I do yoga, those sorts of things. I probably just do more of the things I like. I wouldn't say that I've really picked up any, any new habits. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't, yeah, just a lot more doing the, the things that I do at home, a few more video calls to friends and family than I would have been able to make otherwise. And, uh, there's some positives and things like that, but, uh, no, it's, it's been a bit, it's been a bit strange that way. I'm, I'm really missing getting out more and, uh, and yeah, being able to, to enjoy life outside of my house. How has rugby changed for you guys? Like you, you know, you're a professional player and all. And how has that, like, how has your training changed? How has the gameplay changed? Has there been? A, I'm assuming there's been effects to that. Yeah, I mean, when I was in New Zealand, we went into the full lockdown. Rugby stopped, and that ended my season, and I wasn't able to finish the season that I went over uh, to play. I'd already signed for cast in um, in France, so I, I ended up having to leave before I was able to to finish any of that season. So. I was just in lockdown there living with um, a family over there that have really have become my family as well. So um, it, it was interesting. I was living with uh, a 
12 year old, a 10 year old and a nine year old <laughs> and a few parents. And, uh, yeah, no, it was full on. We were doing stuff every day, like arts and crafts. And, uh, we had a basketball court, we had a little gym set up. So yeah. of those sorts of things, but that, that was completely off rugby. I didn't touch a rugby ball for a couple months there. Uh, and then I came to, came to France and, and things were, I mean, that first wave was gone down and uh, we were allowed 10,000 people to the stadiums and training was as, as usual, it was preseason. So we were getting ready. Um, and in terms of all that, the, when we've been able to train, training's been normal, but they limited it back to 5,000 fans. And then it went to 1,000. And now that we're in lockdown, professional sports are able to continue, uh, but we're not allowed fans. And we've also had to miss a few games. I mean, I've had COVID myself. Most of our team has, I'd say, a, a strong percentage of people in the league and have had it. And that's, that's canceled different games. That's caused different games to be canceled or postponed. Um, so then you might have a week where you're off training because no one's allowed in. And you might have a week where you're missing half the guys because they, they've tested positive and they need to recover. And um, it's had many implications like that. But uh, now that we're kind of on, on track and playing every weekend, it's, it's life as normal at training, but then very strange when you come back home. So how is it like playing without fans? Yeah, it's like, it's like going out for a training game. Really. It's, it's really weird. Like it, it has advantages. You're really able to communicate well and uh, you're able to call all, I call the lineouts and I'm able to call them no problems. It's uh, there's some of the, some of the loud fan noise can really be, as you can see in American football, when, when you're playing at an opposition team stadium, well, you're calling your plays, the fans are very loud. And then, uh, when the home team's calling their plays, the, the fans are quite quiet. And the same thing happens in rugby. Uh, so you get that home field advantage, and that, that's kind of gone now. Uh, but it's also quite nice because I like to be able to, to communicate more and, and have it easier. So it's disappointing, and I really miss the atmosphere and uh, being able to go talk to all the fans after a game. But, but it, yeah, it, it has its, uh, its small advantages as well. So it's almost like pl- it's almost like playing a high school game again. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the same thing. Like you can you can really hear the impacts. You hear how hard we hit each other, and that that was a bit of a shock almost. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's strange. In your in your professional career, have you ever been injured, and how have you dealt with that? Yeah, I haven't had anything too major. I, I've had to have surgery on my thumb. Um, I've had knee surgery just for my meniscus, and I have had a couple concussions. Uh, but nothing that's kept me out for uh, like an overly extended period of time. And uh, to be honest, when, when your career is as long as mine has been so far and hopefully continues, I've really looked at the positive sides of it. And I've picked up another class when I was studying. Uh, I've done I've done different things and I've focused on different parts. Uh, I was able to get my yoga teacher training done during one. Um, yeah, I finished my study and another. And I've really just kind of focused on on things I am able to do while I'm doing rehab and, and getting myself back to playing. So I've really seen them as positives. And uh, although one part of your body might need to recover for a bit, you can really strengthen the rest. And uh, yeah, you can come back better than you were before. So for all the aspiring athletes, what kind of advice would you give them to help them successfully meet their goals? Honestly, I think you just have to play for the enjoyment. Uh, I don't think that if you turn this into your job and you play because you want to be you want to do this as a job, it's, it's probably not going to be as enjoyable. And you're, I mean, the chances of getting to play professional sports are so, so small. Anyways, I wouldn't want anyone to be disappointed by the fact that they didn't make it as a professional. If they 
15, 20 years of, of really enjoying going out and playing rugby every day with their friends. So um, I think you just really need to enjoy it. And I mean, you want to stay healthy and live a good lifestyle. So, so get your nutrition, right. Get your sleep, right. Exercise, go to the gym, whatever, but, but do that because you want to, you want to live a long, healthy life and play sports because you enjoy it. I don't, I don't think that uh, making professional sports the be all and end all is, is going to be a healthy way to go about it. So you're hopefully you have a longer career, but once your career is done, do you have any plans after rugby? Yeah, I've got tons of plans and they change every day, but uh, I'm not really sure to be honest. Like hopefully I'm in a place where, uh, where I don't need, need to work, but I will want to work because it's, it's something I, I will need to do. I need to, to keep busy and, and fill my time. Um, but I'm doing a master's degree in uh, neuroscience and psychology and really with a wow. focus on the leadership side of things and, and building good team cultures. <clears throat> so I'd love to, I'd love to pursue that as, uh, as a career. Um, yeah, like I, I can, t- I teach yoga and I enjoy that. Uh, I really like sailing. Uh, I like, I like to do, there's a lot of things I love hunting. I love fishing and I want to really be able to split my time up amongst a lot of things that I enjoy to do. Uh, in terms of what I will do career wise, uh, it's, it's pretty hard to say. And, and I think that, uh, I just, I'm just going to try to keep adding more tools to my belt and, um, keep saving and putting myself in a position where, where I'm able to choose to do something I love and, and not have to work a nine to five. Some people get, like you said, you know, uh, the work becomes a job to some people, right? Especially as a pro athlete, how do you continue to enjoy the game for the game alone? I think I just do a lot of things outside of it. I really like to get away from it. So, so when I'm there, I enjoy it. And I, I love, I'm not a competitive person. Like, um, my girlfriend's more competitive than me. We play board games and cards and chess and, and she really wants to win probably more than I do. And sometimes I feel bad if I'm winning and I'd rather her win to be happy than me. But, uh, but that, I think that's because I have such a competitive, um, outlet through my rugby every day. So I think really just stepping away from it when I don't need to be there. And, and as I get older, that's become easier and easier because the game doesn't change that much. And, uh, my understanding of it has really grown to a place where it's very, very minor things week in, week out that I'm, I'm adjusting and learning, uh, as opposed to the, the rush that I was getting in the first five or 10 years of playing. Uh, so yeah, just stepping away. And then when I'm there, I can enjoy it. And when I'm away, I can enjoy the other things that I'm doing. And I suppose it's just a lot of those kind of being present in whatever you're doing kind of mindset. Have you, have you ever decided about coaching? Would you ever coach rugby? I wouldn't say that I'd never coach, but uh, it would definitely have to be the right, the right opportunity, the right environment, the right schedule for me. Uh, Rugby's it's been amazing. I've traveled a lot, um, but when I have kids and, and when I get a bit older and I'm more settled, I really don't want to be spending six months of the year away from my family. I've, I've been doing that for a long time already. So uh, yeah, I mean, it is a possibility and, and there's some, there's some things that would interest me. Uh, and I would love to give back, especially in Canada with that side of things. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, it's not something that, um, that I'm really trying to pursue at this point anyways. For, especially for rugby athletes, do you have any advice that could help them, uh, increase in their professional career? Uh, yeah, I mean like, uh, they're just not, nothing that you haven't heard before. I think like if you enjoy the game, I, I know watching the game is definitely a, a helpful way of, of learning new tricks and tactics and things. So 
Yeah, I think watch lots of rugby. Um, if you want to stay healthy, spend lots of time in the gym. The only thing that protects your joints are your muscles. And uh, the more time, the more time you're healthy and able to play the sport, the better you'll get. The more you'll enjoy it. Um, do lots of running and get your fitness up because it's no fun when you're out there and you can't get any more oxygen into your lungs. And uh, yeah, I think just just all the the basic things really. I, I don't have any um, any big words of of encouragement. Wisdom of anything that's gonna that's gonna change so i know i know a lot of people are scared of rugby because of all the tackling and all that what's the one thing that you would say that describes rugby in a way that would encourage people who haven't tried the sport to give it a try because i feel like when i was in high school i wish i had given it a try i feel like if i had like maybe a few words i would have been like you know what i should give this a try this might be something i would enjoy yeah, I mean, I would say, I would say, just the culture and the the camaraderie, like that's that's what you play rugby for, and that's that's what you should enjoy. And I mean, if you really don't like physicality, you can play touch rugby, and if if you like it a little and not that much, you can play sevens, or um, you you can play rugby in a way that it's not as physical of a sport, depending on your position and how you play. Or I mean, if you wanna if you wanna go and run water for the boys, and you wanna you wanna be around the team and help them and, and manage or something like that, I mean if you're part of that rugby culture, you're really part of a strong family. And, uh, and that goes for everywhere in the world. Like I think back to the Peterborough Pagans, I think back to um, James Bay out, out on uh, Vancouver Island. Like I, I know that I can, I can go to people and, and I know that they would help me get a job or they'd help me find a guy if I need my driveway paved or if I like, you know, like just that, that whole family and that culture and community that you get from being associated with rugby, whether you're out there and you want to play or, or whether you're out there and you want to do something that, that just makes you part of that group. It's, it's an amazing thing to be part of. Okay. Do you have any last uh, words of wisdom for anyone or just any last words you want to say about, uh, you know, a rugby or anything in general? No, I mean, uh, I, I don't think I have any, uh, there's nothing that anybody's <laughs> going to hear from me. That's going to, it's going to be a huge light bulb moment. I don't think that they haven't already heard from someone else. Uh, I, I think uh, as long as, especially in these times, like it's, it's pretty weird. We're not able to socialize as much. And like I said, I like the psychology side of rugby and sports and, and life in general. And I, I think you just want to make sure you keep doing things that, uh, that stick to your morals and, and that, you know, are right, but also make you happy. So, uh, yeah, if you can do things, things that way and, and staying fit, staying healthy, staying active, those are, those are all. Uh, not just coming from me, but all the science proves it, and, and everyone's in agreement that that you'll live a happier and longer life that way. Uh, if rugby's part of it, or if another sport's part of it, or if your studies are part of it, whatever it is, whatever it is you enjoy to do, I think make sure you get up each day and, and be excited that you get to go do that. And uh, if you're not, change what you're doing and get get excited about something. Thank you for listening to our weekly episode of Stability, the podcast, hosted by Hassan Ashraf. For the latest news on Stability Podcast, please follow our Instagram at Stability Podcast or our Twitter at Stability underscore pod.